What's going on, everyone? This is Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com, back with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast, the fourth episode of the day. I'm stoked. I'm juiced. Back in the mix, back in the studio. Got a special guest today, Pablo Ramirez of Trippy Hippie Cannabis in Bellingham, Washington. How are you doing today, Pablo? I'm doing good, Mitch. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, appreciate you coming on here. We were chopping it up quite a while behind before we got started, man. So I had to, I had to, you know, put the brakes on it and move, move it on air, man. But before we pick up the conversation we were just having, every guest I have come on here, I always kick it off with their origin story with the plant. So whether that's personal, professional, a little bit of both, whatever you, you know, feel vulnerable in sharing. I'm just curious, kind of when you and cannabis started your relationship together. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, definitely started in the earlier years, but uh, I got into selling cars after doing the lot attendant um, gig for about three years and, you know, enjoyed working with people, but was just hating the stress of it, you know, the the aspect of being a car salesman. Um, and then, yeah, I had a buddy that was working at a dispensary here in Bellingham. I was working at a car detailing shop and he was just like, hey, man, you should come check it out, you know, put in a resume. It's a pretty cool job, you know, some nice perks and stuff. And yeah, seven and a half years later, I'm still, you know, enjoying it. It's just, it's a fun thing. Just, yeah, selling weed and educating people, you know, a lot of great products out too. So it's fun, man. I just like it. You know, I'm a try to be a chill guy and a cannabis does the job when it comes to music and chilling with people and stuff. So yeah, chill chill is not something that you would associate. Like you said the car salesman, right? Like that's yeah. definitely one of those areas that is, uh, you know, uh, people tend to be a little bit more aggressive, right? But uh, understandingly, the putting the food on the table is dependent on getting the sales in that industry. It's not like people are slimy by choice. It's just that's yeah. how you make your bread is yeah, is hustling, just, and the way you hustle yeah. is to sell. And so it's a little bit more sales forward. Whereas you said like cannabis is much more chill a lot different and and definitely like you know i've already i've already could tell from our conversation before we started a lot of it's rooted in educating answering questions asking questions and listening to what people are saying yeah yeah i like to always tell at the shop i like to say we spread the green gospel you know educating and giving good experiences when you step through the door and then what is like you know Obviously, I live in Washington, so I have some insight. But for the audience out there, I'm just kind of curious your 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 thoughts, like a, a quick snapshot overview of the Washington market is in, in general, right? Like I know nationally, the, the conversation is like THC really rules, right? Like most consumers are looking for high THC right. and price or value. I tend to think personally in the Washington market, the top shelf consumer, and from my perspective, you know, and I'm not in it the way you're in it, but the top shelf consumer seems to care less about THC in Washington, which I think is kind of unique compared to other markets. But that lower shelf or that mid shelf person, like that THC yeah. percentage, really runs it. Is that is that kind of true, or, or what are you seeing in those? Yeah, reports? yeah, it, it, you definitely do have some people who who like those high numbers, and you do see them, but it is. It is interesting where people just kind of come in asking for uh, like the look of the bud, you know, price points are definitely a big thing, but um, it is interesting seeing that change of, I remember when I first started, you know, everyone's walking through the door. What do I got at 30% THC? I don't care about pricing, you know, or like, Hey, I just need top shelf. It's at a lower percentage. They don't care. And it's, it's really everywhere, you know, and that's, what's nice is we have that option now where you can have, lower end stuff top end stuff but the numbers have really just kind of mixed in nicely with all the product if that kind of makes sense where mm -hmm. 
yeah, I get people from out of state, which is cool. You know, they have different laws in their states possibly, and they, they want certain products at certain percentages. And, you know, it's hard to get a eighth that's coming in at like a 45 percentage of flour. I'm <laughs> like, I got this 27 that's still really good or, you know, the 28. Um, but yeah, I hope that kind of answered the question. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it's something that, you know, the THC percentage definitely rules, but it's it's funny. They always say like as a market matures more, that should not matter as much. But when we look at like California, which even though our recreational market's been along or around a lot longer than California, I'll always say yeah. California's the most mature market because cannabis has been normalized more so than other places and accessible more so than other places, I think, for the longest time. So I think the consumer there is a little bit more mature to brands and product types. Um, you know, California is the mecca of cannabis, but I, I see down there the THC percentage. It doesn't matter what price point you're on the show. THC percentage like holds so much weight. Whereas everyone in the industry, it's like, I don't even look at like I was telling you before. Like when I buy cannabis, like please don't don't even fucking bring up THC percentage. Yeah, to me. I really yeah. could give a shit less if it says 32 on the jar or says 16 on the jar. That shit really does not matter to me because if it's if I look at it and I'm like, yeah, that looks like some kill. And I got a bud tender that I can trust. They know what they're knowing. And they say it's killed. That's good enough for me. I don't. Yeah. Need, I don't. Well, that's it. that's definitely the hard spot now, as you know, is with it being so legal and so accessible. There's just so many more. I like to say like weed connoisseurs. You know, we have our, our ways of liking, of choosing weed. And it's just it blows my mind being in high school and, you know, hearing about like cannabis going uh medical in california and stuff like that and now it's just seeing how it's just it's nice that you have those options for it yeah and edibles are nice i'd wish we could get a little bit higher dosage yeah. for us here but yeah we, we are, we're definitely limited to the 100 milligram which is cool you know cool for a single beverage or something but i, I feel you you know i i like I'm not even, you know, for me personally, I don't even need a hundred milligrams at a time, but I like oh, to yeah. go buy, like when I'm in Oregon, I know you said you used to live there. I, I like to buy the four or 500 milligram syrups there. And like, it'll just lie. That little bottle will last me a while. I'm not down right. the whole thing in one sitting, but it's not like I don't have to buy three 100 milligram beverages to sit in my fridge. I can just buy one and hold on to it, you know, right. and, just, and get my right dose of my 40 milligrams in a really small uh, dose. Um, for, for customers and patients that are coming to the store, um, how like what are what are people asking for? Are people asking for strains? Are they asking for specific product types? Are they asking for specific brands? I'm sure it's kind of a combination of yeah. all, all three. Uh, we we definitely get brands. You know, there's definitely some brand culture fans that that it's really nice. Um, strains are still a big one that I hear, um, and then experience. You know, I feel like at our shop we when we're in that first interaction. We try to ask like what what do you like and then what are you gonna go do what what do you do when you smoke it to kind of fine tune because you know when it comes to the certain strains i just feel like there are certain strains that have been not having the same effect or do they just get bred out so it's kind of hard to be like all right let me try and find that like authentic northern lights let's say you know i got this one that's a northern lights number five and some customers are you know against the oh that's a different look where you know i'm i'm a, i do that habit as well if it's a little bit different but yeah it is kind of those are the things that i see pretty much just the the growers certain vendors and then certain strains are a big one that a lot of people kind of look for which is fun too because you get different age demographics and got everything from 
you know, some 70 year old person wanting like a green crack. They're talking about, I'm about to go kill it in pickleball all the way down to like some, you know, 23, 24 year old who's just like, I just need to relax. I'm trying to watch a movie or listen to some music tonight. So. Yeah. And, and I think that's a unique thing that isn't talked about a lot in this industry is like people's, the, the consumer habits, right? Like you like what you like, or you have an experience with something and you want to replicate that. And it may, might be brand, right? You might be to that level of understanding and experimentation where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I like this brand or I, I like certain things from this brand. I can put trust in that logo, that brand. But then there's also right. those people and I hear it all the time. You know, I'm, I have the strains that I like, but you know, I like the new takes on it, right? Like I like OG Kush and I like gelato, you know, the, the sherbs, but I like mm-hmm. the new takes, the slight variations, the mixes. I'm always down to, to further explore that, but I'm a, I'm a high end nerd, but I, when I'm in the dispensary, I definitely hear people are like, what's wedding cake do you have at this yeah. percentage? And like, that's the fucking strain they want. That is. And that's hard when you get those certain strains. Cause it's, it's really hard to try and tell that customer or consumer that like, Hey, just because you had it from this grower, that we don't possibly carry this time or not have in, but we have the same strain, it might not be the same kind of high. You know, I think that's one of the hardest things when a customer comes back, they're like, hey, this isn't, you know, what I wanted. Didn't feel the same way. And it's that that hard, like, yeah, I'm sorry, you know, just different, different cut, different feel for it. But, you know, yeah, it is. Wedding cake is a good one too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a strain that I feel like, I mean, it's super popular. Look at data. There's a lot of wedding cakes out there. Some people are like, Oh, it's played out. We don't need any more, but there's still custom. I'm sure you, there's customers come in there asking for it. Do you feel like that, uh, you know, asking for a specific brand, do you feel like that shows up more in any category, whether it's just flour or concentrates or vape carts, or do you feel like that's kind of remains about the same consistency, no matter what category customers looking at? I'd say a little bit all all over the board, but I definitely feel personally, I see more of it when it comes to dabs right now. Okay. You know, people are wanting certain dabs that, you know, grower wise or vendor wise that uh, look for, but yeah, that's what I would say right now. What are, what are some of the dabs that you feel like people are coming in and requesting by brand specifically? Oh yeah. We've got a uh, sub X subdivision. Uh, up in our store is really good. A lot of people get those scored, has been doing yeah. a lot of amazing stuff. Uh, gosh, who else has been running really good stuff? We've got some constellations and some selects that have been really good. I mean, I feel like I'm seeing a lot more people coming in for rosins and like the diamonds and slushies, you know, just THCAs. But those companies, Oleum too, Oleum has been really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's honestly too like the consistency. I notice a lot of consumers are liking that, you know, regardless of saucy or, or more crumble, but just that like nicer amber look, lighter color to their dabs or that rosin that like looks like sand pressed together, mm-hmm. you know, that light white beach sand pushed together. That's- yeah, I, I feel like, you know, they call it weed porn when you look at it like on Instagram, but I feel like there's that thing in real life. I'm, I'm not a dabber, but you show me the right you know, consistency and color. And I'm just like, God, that looks fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Same. I mean, I used to dab and I, I was dabbing horribly. I was pretty, uh, ups, uh, embarrassed when my wife found out that I was dabbing wrong. I was heating the nail up till it was bright red, maybe waiting. God, three, five seconds and then taking the dab right there. So, you know, I apologize to the listeners that are dabbers that are probably pulling their hair out, but 
yeah, it's, it is nice when you see those nice dabs. I mean, same thing for people I know who dab and they see beautiful flower. We got these really nice magnifying glasses that with light so we can really show that stuff off. And when you see those crystals on the flower, man, or just that purple where it looks like a moon rock, it's uh, some good stuff. What are, what are some of the questions you feel like consumers are asking? I mean, I know there's quite a bit, but what are some of the questions you feel like, you know, patients and consumers come in and ask kind of like, what are the most popular questions that you guys are getting asked on the floor? A lot of it that I've been seeing is uh, CBD stuff, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like tinctures or flower, you know, um, yeah, that's kind of what I see a lot of just people who are looking for that or just wanting that certain experience where they think that they're wanting a sativa, but then after talking for a little bit and, you know, getting a, a, a smoke palette from them, let's say you can find out like, oh, it's actually you're wanting this type of strain. So it's just, uh, yeah, like that CBD aspect and just looking to get a certain task done is what I'm finding customers are kind of asking for when it comes to certain products and specific dabs yeah. though. They're just saying like, what are, what's the nicest looking dab right now? Like what's, what's crystally, uh, edibles too. They're just like, what tastes the best? Mm. And that's the hardest part is, you know, all of our edibles are pretty dang tasting. The things that people are doing with them are pretty damn amazing too. Yeah. That's, I, I found myself with that the other day and it's rarely happened because I usually have stays stack, stacked up, stocked up on snacks, but it was late at night, took a little, you know, 20 milligrams of gummies and i was like that's about all that i need you know, i'm not trying to get yeah. too high to go to sleep i'll get groggy because it was late at right. night but i was like man these are smacking so much it was yeah. the first time i've ever really had where i was like i i had i ate more than i intended but i like had to like cut myself off i was just like damn this batch is is good and they're I'll, I'll plug them as the shameless plug it was some wild edibles man i can't remember what Somewhere. exact flavor but it was like it was like the best. It was such a good gummy. Not even though it was a weed gummy, right? Yeah, yeah weed just taste-wise. Yeah, that's like um, we have these little shots, 100 milligrams. And I'll just take, you know, like a half or a quarter of that. Just mix it with a LaCroix or a juice. And it's just like good mixture. You know, it tastes really good. Tonic water is really good to mix it with, too, to make it like a soda. Infused, mm. kinda. What 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 uh what shots is that that you're speaking of specifically? Uh, that's a Green Revolution shot. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty nice. Okay, I, I haven't had any of those. I just had the uh, the little Ray. Well, I've had a couple of them, but I just had a little Ray's the other day. The, the oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with Ray's too. Ray's is really nice. They got some good flavor. Yeah, I, I think they do a good job on their 100 milligram ones. That's what I tell people. When, you, when you're going to 100 milligram, especially in a shot, like to make it taste good, right? Like, and I, and I mean good as in, okay, there's not weed in this. Would I drink this, right? Most right. 100 milligram small condensed things, you're not. It's not something you mean. There's no way you can put that much weed in it and have it be like, oh, this tastes amazing. There's no weed in it, right? Yeah, this is a Kool-Aid shot I got right here. Yeah, no. But I, I think they do a good job at having 100 milligrams and having it taste good, right? Good, right? It's not going to yeah. be, again, it's not going to be like my lemonade of choice without, you know, if it tasted the same and there was no weed in it. But, um, but I think they do a good job balancing THC and weed, which is a difficult thing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Their, their sour blue raspberry is probably one of my favorite uh, beverage choices from them. I haven't had, I'll have to try that, man. I'll be on. Yeah, it's coming. I'll hook it up, bro. I'll be on the pineapple, man. I'll be on the, the pineapple. Yeah, pineapple is good. Now, I haven't seen too many uh, edibles on pineapple yet, uh, drink wise, on, yeah. uh, on my end. 
Do you guys have the uh, Pioneer Squares at, at your shop? Oh yeah, yeah, man. Those uh, those hard candies in the middle, bro. They're too good. That's my yeah the the yeah those Pioneer Squares that what the watermelon kiwi or whatever one. That, yeah, that's like the best edible I feel like in the country, man. That is oh yeah fire consistency. I mean, it tastes yeah un unmatchable. It is a good taste. Yeah, no, I, I've been I've been working on that mentally. My list of my favorite, the best tasting edibles around around the map, and I'm like, you know, I, I got to be. I'm not trying to be biased because it's from home, but uh, yeah, it's got to be up there. And every, everyone that I, I'll see somebody, not even a big weed head, share it on Instagram, share the bag, and I'm like, yeah, and they're everyone's like, yeah, bro, these are so good. <laughs> right, right, yeah, they are good, man. They do a great job. So for you guys, like obviously, like you said, SubX is one of the main brands up there. They're obviously local mm -hmm. to that area. Do you feel like? consumers kind of care like hey this is a brand also from our local area or it just happens to be a brand that people like yeah honestly i think it's just a brand that people like um yeah i mean the local ones it is nice when you know you have those certain customers who want to like buy local and it is good but yeah not really too much difference from it you know i think it's it's you always get that kind of um that that shock and awe when you get the new growers in which has been nice too, because I know we've gotten some new ones. Uh, Fire Bros has been another good one up there. As scored as well, have been moving, and then Kush Kush is another local one that we got. That's uh, they done it really good with their terpenes on that blueberry scone. It's got mm -hmm. like that nice little blueberry undertone. Yeah, I haven't I haven't tried that. I'm trying to think of the last strain I had. I did a review on it, and that that was one of the random times I was telling you before this. I was like, I'm never really a regular customer, but I did. I was somewhere had no weed on me and just had to buy a eighth real quick. And it was I, I the bud tender on that note had talked me into it was some Kush Kush, and I thought they were crazy for the price point. They were pretty solid, man, because it was I can't remember what it was. It was like 42 maybe or yeah, I think we got them at 40 right now. 40. Yeah. yeah they're pretty uh pretty frosty too but yeah, yeah that, that's the other hard part is just you know with so much growth in cannabis just uh learning how much body chemistry affects everyone like i have friends who love i-95 cookies they're like it's super stony i'm passing out but if i touch any cookies or dutch cross I get so much anxiety can't go to sleep it's like five in the morning i'm just staring at my clock that's I, I heard that from one of my this is years ago, but we were at the studio and I had rolled up a blunt. And my guy's like, is there any cookies in that? And I'm like, nah. And he's like, bro, he's like, no, this sounds hella weird. He's like, but I can't. He's like, it fucks with my head. Yeah, and that's funny. And then when you just said that, that reminded me of that I'm like, damn, I don't know. I, don't. I, I there's definitely strains like that. Like me is like the Jack Herrera, like JX11 or whatever. That, oh, yeah, J13s. Yeah, J13. There you go. Those, like, I don't want any part of that, man. That shit makes my heart race. Like, I don't, See, I don't that's want what's, that's what's funny, too, Mitch, because those ones are, like, perfect for my body chemistry. Just super chill, super social. And then how do you do with green crack? Do you like the green crack? Uh, you know what's crazy is, like, in the legal market, I don't know if I've ever bought it, but back in the day, I used to have a steady plug getting packs of green crack and it was just the most vivid green color. Yeah. So flavorful. It was so flavorful. I sold a lot of it and I really enjoyed it back then, but it's also like now is in legalization. It's like, bro, I've done ran through so much green crack. Like, I don't right. know, but I don't recall. But at the same time, I used to have a plug that got me Jack back in the day and I don't ever remember being like, I don't like this. And now, you know, now that I'm fucking spoiled and my palate's been exposed, I'm like, 
I don't like that. Did I ever right. like it? Or I, I don't know, you know? Right. Yeah, that is the hard part with comparing to uh, back in the day how it used to be. Because I'm sure I'd smoke sativas and was completely fine. It's almost like a, I almost want to say it feels like a placebo effect. You know, mm -hmm. I go into it thinking it's a sativa and it's been legal for so long that I know what sativas do that I kind of psych myself out of it. That's, that's I got good stuff done. And my guy was just saying it the other day because he was talking about Jack and he's like, what, you don't like Jack? And I was saying oh, I used to. And he was saying he brought up something where he's like, maybe back in the day you didn't like it, but it was, the, it was such a good flavor that you just associated that with like it was one of those weeds that every time I roll it up, I was like, damn, this tastes hella good. Yeah. It, it must be good weed. But obviously now, like I'm sure like the same thing, like you've been starving, you eat some food and you're like, oh, this is great. It's food. But once you're like, all right, now a buffet's in front of you and you can pick and choose what you like, then you're yeah. like, then then you change up on it, you know? You have a little different, a little different. But we we spoiled, you know, and in this day and age, there's just so many different flavors. There's so many different variations on these flavors. Um, what What's your experience with like, you know, we we're talking about a little bit before or, or a little bit earlier, and we were talking about, you know, some people come in and ask for a specific strain and maybe you don't have, you know, it's like, have you had it varies brand to brand. It varies batch to batch. How do you handle, right? Like telling a consumer, you know, I guess there's two different sides of it, right? Like a, like a sub X grows kind of a, 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 a they add new flavors, but they have kind of a set menu and mm. it's not like it's ever, they're a great brand. So it's not like it's ever bad, but sometimes right. it's like, yo, that batch isn't the best representation of what they can do. And then on the other adverse, it's like, yo, this is the one, like buy two of them. Cause you know, so how do you kind of approach that with consumers of kind of navigating, like, you know, letting people know not that this isn't bad, but it's not the one. And then on the adverse of being like, yo, this is the one. You know, I try and look at it as like my, my dealers back in the day that would spot me a dub and I'd give them an extra 20 is I want my customers to be happy when they come in. I want them to feel like they can trust me because at the end of the day, it's their experience that they're really getting. It's not me. You know, I'm trying to help them. So, you know, just asking them uh, what did they like about it and just letting them know, hey, I enjoy this strain. This is from another grower. It's, you know, it might be a little bit different, but just going, I feel like when you go into new strains or a different growers type of flower with the same strain, it, it makes me not so judgmental right off the bat, you know, when I know, okay, my bud tender explained to me these things. So I'm not going to be shocked if I get it and the high is the same, but the taste isn't there. And I might be maybe like the taste more than the high. Um, yeah, that's just the biggest thing. Communication, man. It's a being in the retail side of cannabis, it's it's easier for me to do my job if you can ask me as many questions and not feel rushed because I don't want you to feel rushed. And yeah, if we can just hash it out and I get an idea and stuff, you know, we can kind of give you that trust that I'm leading in the right way if something's a little different than what you were thinking or a different batch hit different last time from that same grower. Just letting know, hey, there are so many variables that come into play. You know, you just got to trust me if I'm saying this is the one compared to trust you that like, hey, this isn't the one, you know, because I'm yeah, I'd be mad if I spend X amount of money and my bud tender was just like, yeah, this is the bee's knees, man. This is the best stuff. And it's a different vibe from the batch this time, you know.
Yeah. No, and, and I like the, you know, obviously we we're just talking about is like your body chemistry, right? Different strains affect different people. And that's one of the unique things about, you know, being that experience between the bud tender and, and the patient or the consumer, because it's not just finding what you like, you know, hey, you're a bud tender. I trust that you know what you're talking about. Show me some fire, right? And it's like, you can show me what you think is fire. You could also show me what a lot of people are generally catering to, whether you're one of them or not. You can't deny we're like, all right. Seems to be 80% of the people really like this shit, whether I do or not, that doesn't right. matter. That's where they like, but it is about understanding that person of like, what are they like? What are they, what are they looking for? Like you said, what is the experience you're going to, that you're hoping this cannabis to experience, like, um, enhance or work with or work alongside the experience you're looking to have? What's your price point? What, what are the flavors that you like? Do you feel like consumers are in tune with, I mean, obviously, they, like you said, they're in tune with strains, but are they in tune with like flavors? And is it easy to kind of guide them? Oh, you like this strain. This strain might be different, but it's a similar flavor. Do you feel like consumers are kind of open to that or you feel like that's a hard push and they're, they're just stuck in like the strain they want? It's a little bit of a flip of the coin, you know, age wise and everything. There's not one group or anything, but there are some people who, you know, aren't wanting that different flavor. Yeah, but there are some people who are cool with it. So it's just really, you know, luck of the draw of who, who you got coming in. But that's the biggest thing, too. You know, if you can come back to the store and tell me that you didn't like what I recommended to you, as long as you're not yelling at me or anything, I'm happy with it. Because now I know mentally when you come in, I've got lists that I can mentally check and know like, all right, Mitch doesn't like this strain. Last time I recommended to him, he said there was you know, might felt this way, but like this thing of it, I've smoked this, I know it might be similar, or my coworker smoked this, and they said it was kind of like that high. And how much do you do that with your coworkers when someone comes in and you're like, all right, whether it's a product category or a flavor that you're like, I don't really like the flavor that you're one, that's not like, I can't really speak to it because I don't like oh. it. Is it a lot of tag teaming? Like, yo, grab Honestly, over here, have her break it down. Yeah, I try to anytime I can. It's like that's I feel like that's what gives that good experience, you know, is like I could be looking at dabs and I don't dab too much and be like, ah, you know, this looks good. You know, it's at this point that you wanted. But my coworker could be behind me just going like this. like, No, not not the good one. So, you know, to get that best experience, you you know, we're a team. You do got to use your your abilities where they are needed. So if I got a coworker who can dab better. I can, I listen a lot. I think that's good too. You know, we all kind of listen and pick each other's mind and we'll make those references. But yeah, if I, if I got someone who needs to dab, I'm definitely grabbing my good coworker to just be like, what are you smoking on? And, and let them know too. I, this is the dabber here, you know, so I'm going to have them help us if we're not busy and grab some good stuff. But yeah, as a bud tender listening too, like I don't dab. So I'm always listening to my dabbing bud tenders when they're selling to a customer you know, when they're buying something, I'm asking, like, why do you like this type of thing? And then what, what's your guys is you guys getting a demographic of like new consumers or those people that might have consumed back in the day, but haven't for a while and are really getting introduced to this, you know, to this new form, you know, this new legalized cannabis in the first way. And what's, what's kind of the approach in, in handling that that consumer? Uh, yeah, they I feel like they do feel overwhelmed, which makes sense. Like it's it's legal weed. So there's a lot more choices. Um, but yeah, sometimes just feeling a little bit rushed and not knowing the questions to, to answer. But, you know, we're pretty good at letting them know right off the bat, like, okay, you know, if you're doing a, an edible, 
we're not going to have you try an RSO, even though your friend said that might help you out. You know, that's not going to be the best thing to try out. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a little bit of an overwhelming. So just kind of being patient and taking that time and just kind of reading the customer and just knowing when they're open to like, hey, are you ready for a suggestion? Or, you know, like we were saying about what what are you wanting out of this first time experience? And just, yeah, just like uh, when you're holding a new baby, I guess, you know, you're just showing them kind of that world and just letting them know like, yo, there's a lot, but it's okay. Like we're going to get through this together and you're going to you're going to find something that works. And that's a benefit now too. to kind of calm them down. I feel like it's just letting them know you know, it's nice though. You have that opportunity. You can come in like you did right now and just ask these questions and we can try and find you something as close as possible. Yeah. And, and we were talking about that a little bit beforehand. You, you were mentioning like when there's a line, sometimes when there's a line, you can just like sense a customer's like, whether they don't know, you know, they don't want to ask publicly in front of everyone, or they feel like they're holding up people behind them, or they feel like they're being a nuisance to you. They don't want to ask questions. What's is it that approach is just kind of calming them down and 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 letting them know, hey, ask away. Be, yeah. Don't, don't feel rushed. Ask away. These people behind you can wait. Yeah, for real. I feel, you know, maybe it's a little closed minded, but I feel like most stoners are pretty chill. And when they see someone who's in that uh, in that new role of enjoying cannabis, they're not trying to to hassle them. So it is. Yeah. Just having that ability of calming them down, just letting them know, like, yo it's a line i always tell them hey it's a pot shop you know we're not like downtown or a crazy venue you know we're, we're chill people here in dispensaries so by all means just kick back and we'll we'll try and do what we need to do and that's a nice part too a lot of customers i think in the seven and a half years i've rarely i've maybe seen two or three customers that were actually upset that we were taking a long time with some new customers, but every other person, you know, I probably get nine times out of 10, a customer who's in line. That's like, Hey, I'm sorry. I like this company. I was kind of overhearing. So that's kind of the nice part that uh, I see a lot of is that community of cannabis coming in and being like, yo, let me help you too. Even though I'm behind you just because mm -hmm. I want you to enjoy your first experience kind of thing. Sharing, sharing them. And, and I like what you mentioned, a question ago about, you know, someone comes in and hasn't had experience with cannabis and what's the RSO? Because that's something that, you know, anyone obviously dealing with severe ailments or, or cancer or cancer scares, that's that's the one that, that gets recommended. But I also do know from myself recommending that to people. I remember telling a friend, he's, he's a consumer, but very, very light. And I was like, yo, just put the tiniest little drop in what, I don't know, is that oatmeal or honey or whatever he yeah. had in. He, he texted me like three hours later at work and he was like, I'm so fucking high right now, bro. You said a tiny drop. And I was like, I mean, I meant tiny, bro. I, don't, I wasn't there to like watch you apply it, but it's, yeah, you don't, you don't want a lot, man. We say like a rice grain amount for a first time. And if it's a THC based RSO, maybe even half of that. Cause yeah, I've been, I've been like your buddy. I did a, a dab and I had a Skagit Organics RSO. And I accidentally pushed up too much. So I had about like this much, like three rice grains. That's all right. I'm dabbing on a hot nail constantly. Like I'll take it. My wife came home and she was terrified. I was just dead on the couch. Just a little bit too high, a little too high. Yeah, I definitely, I used, I used to take RSL when I was working a regular job. I'd take RSL sometimes before work, you know, and just a little bit, not, not anything where I really ever felt it, maybe light. And then I remember one morning I didn't, you know, similar thing. I didn't take that much more than I took all. And I'm a heavy user. And it's not like I was 
blitz, but I was definitely at work where I was like, you know, in a meeting and I was like, I am way too fucking high to be here right now. Like, I did not not intend to get this high. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest two thing just with those new consumers with like that RSO is being like, well, you know, maybe let's try an edible first. And yeah, trying those because it is nice when you get that seat, those RSOs and you do need it. You know, I got arthritis in my lower back. So sometimes that RSO just does a little bit more for me, that higher version of it. Yeah, but you got you got to be any any of those edibles, man, you, you got to be it's got to be cautious. Um, so for you guys is like consumer demographic, right? Like obviously, you know, Bellingham is like a college town, but it's also got mm-hmm. a pretty good local population. It's not quite tourist destination on the winter people come up there to go to uh, like birch bay and start sorry not the winter the summer and then obviously yeah. you guys are right there on the border um yeah we got vancouver yep um what what's are you guys seeing a lot of locals do you see tourists is it people coming from canada is it just kind of a mix of people or uh we do get a lot like when uh college season starts we do see a lot of new customers in uh in the summer leading to it you get a lot of the parents coming in which is kind of fun parents coming in with their kids oh yeah we're just trying to shop around find them a pot shop kind of thing and a lot of canadians too which is pretty fun i'm we always love seeing our neighbors come down but it is hard when you get that different sense of like oh we get this here and we don't have this there but yeah it's it's really everywhere i'd it's pretty nice. I had a buddy who asked me the same question at the beginning of the pandemic. And it's like, what age, age range, you know, is it just these? And it's like, man, I got everything from my great grandma to like my cousin coming in who just turned 21. It's pretty nice too. So you said parents come in with their kids and help, yeah. help helping them guide to find the local pot shop before school. Yep. school. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty cool too. You get those uh, those old heads who who are like, oh, they hear Blue Dream is a big one. I had someone in last week, and they're they're telling their kids, they're like, I used to love this strain, and the kid's face was just like shock and awe. Like this is so cool, but this is a little real right now. But <laughs> it's nice. It's it's good to see the kind of change of uh, of the stigma of cannabis, you know yeah that's that's super funny man that's super you know back in the day some of my friends i might have served their parents very few at the same time man very very few at the same time oh yeah my mom dealt for a little bit and uh, my buddy told me about it and i didn't believe him i was like man you're you're lying my mom didn't sell you weed and then sure enough my mom texts me like 20 minutes later hey just so you know like if any of you and your friends need anything <laughs> like geez i'm finding out from my buddy like god that's that's funny man so for yourself personally what are what are some uh you know i know you listed some of the brands that do well out there but what are are some of the brands and products that you're really digging that are in the shop right now shoot uh i've been on a big one for uh fire bros i've been really digging their their danny deweedo and the uh crepe ape have been really nice uh god sativa wise i mean kush kush does a good clementine fox just came out with the tahitian orange that's got that like great pungent orange taste to it in the back of the throat. It reminds me of like Sunny D, real good. Um, Kush Kush too. I mean, honestly, I I'm not really too much of a brand guy. Uh, I'll stick on a good strain if I like it, but it's just really the highest for me. You know, I'm a big indica guy. I got ADD, so if I can get anything to kind of chill me out when I get home, so my wife doesn't drive, I don't drive my wife crazy. I'll definitely try and smoke that. But yeah. 
those are pretty much inedible wise, man. Like we were talking about Mitch, the pioneer squares, man. I'm definitely grabbing like two to four after every shift. So I go home and I can just kick it, take two, four of those and I'm good for the night. Yeah. I need the talking about it. I'm, I might drive my ass to the dispensary and go buy some. I got hella edibles in here, but I have no pioneer squares in my possession right now, man. I got to get those, uh, those watermelon kiwis, bro. Dog. They they're hidden, man. Awesome. Well, well, Pablo, I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast, breaking down what's going on, what you're what, breaking down your journey into cannabis and what you're seeing on the ground floor out there in Bellingham on the dispensary. For people who want more information on Trippy Hippie, it's trippyhippiecannabis.com is the URL. Anything else you want to plug before we get you up out of here, man? Yeah, man, we do 30% off all online orders. And I mean, shoot, if you're looking for a good experience, I like to say we spread the green gospel at our shop, just kind of chill chill bud tenders that just want to hook people up and pet friendly too man so you want some good vibes come drop in at our store hey you heard what it is man this is the north american weed tour podcast we're looking at the best in legal cannabis adult use recreational medical and a little bit of stuff that's out the system across the map man we will be back with more content next week well it we might be running some shows this weekend but i don't run shows on the weekend so i'll see you guys next week